Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 65. I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We are always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today our show is Avidya and the Kleshas, Creating New Balance. Now, at any time during this presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment just by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. We will be sure to get those comments um, to our special guest, and uh, if she has a reply, then she we will uh, pop in that reply to you as well. Today, we have with us a wonderful band leader and vocalist. Stephanie Carlin, as she shares her journey of creating these amazing eclectic rhythms and sounds and poetry to inspire generations upon generations towards spiritual enlightenment, I would like to welcome Stephanie Carlin. Hello, Thanks. Stephanie. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here and joining us today in your busy schedule, creating music every day. <laughs> so, Stephanie, I mean, this album of yours is, is really brilliant. It's lovely, and, and hence why we wanted to get you on our show. Can you share with our audience a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, you know, this is the first record that this quintet has made and it took about 26 months and mm. in the beginning of that seemingly uh long and arduous process um i had just graduated college and was really aching to find a voice musically uh so we started a kickstarter campaign and uh successfully funded it it funded about half of our record and over the course of those 26 months um we ended up hiring lots of musicians and then firing lots of musicians and hiring <laughs> fancy producers and then firing those fancy <sighs> producers. Um, and it was this whole long process of um, finding people that really understood um, what kind of messages we we're mm. trying to convey. And the people we thought were the right people, popular people, weren't exactly the right mm. people or popular people. Uh, and it was a very long lesson in <laughs> patience but in th at the end of the day, I think um, the five of us can really uh, say we're very proud of this record mm. and um, all of the different topics that we try to touch on. Now, now you came up with this idea and brought everyone together? Mm -hmm. Yes, it did. So now, for you, when did you know that you wanted to be involved in music? Um, I've... I've always known I wanted to be involved in music. Yeah, that was just the the art form that called out to me, mm -hmm. I guess. I'm a really terrible um, illustrator, painter, and um, <laughs> music. It's just it's like, oh, I think I can get this one right. Uh, <laughs> but 
uh, in the past five years or so, there's always been this pretty big conflict between my yoga practice and my music. And my yoga practice was cultivating a lot of light. And I felt like um, my artist in me could really um, only thrive in, in some degree of darkness. And it was through this project that I, I tried to merge those two together. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so, so musically as a child growing up, you always knew that you wanted to be involved in music in some way. I mean, were you one yeah. of these kids, were you one of these kids that, you know, everywhere you went, you'd sing? <laughs> Mom and dad have, have pictures of me in a, you know, three years old in these big oversized glasses holding a toy mo- microphone and um, looking back on that, I think it was, it was pretty obvious this would be something I would, I would be into. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you made a statement then. Seems um, so. Yeah. I, I'm here and I'm here to do this, right? Exactly. <laughs> like it or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And through school, did you take um, like, like musical instruments, band or anything like that? Guitar, piano? Yeah, I was a um, I was a flautist in the in the high school band, and I was in the school choir. And um, my my best friend in high school taught me to to play guitar when I was thirteen. Um, but I was always um, a little disappointed in all of this cultivation of my my um, musicality when I was mm. younger because I didn't feel like I had a very strong role model. Um, that could really anchor me, a mentor that could, could inspire me. And I always felt like that, that part of my, um, my early years as a musician, um, w- was missing something. Mm. It, it had, it had that little bit of a hole there. And, um, I think now that I'm an ad- adult, I, I am very mindful of that as I, um, as I teach and as I, um, play music with others on mm-hmm. how to, how to really be, be clear and precise and uplifting in a way that maybe I didn't get as a kid. So did you find that mentor? Uh, you know, I... Um, or have there been many? <laughs> you know, I really find my band sensationally inspiring. Mm. Um, there have been a few people that have drifted in and out and who haven't really stuck, who have always seemed to, um, you know, fall to the wayside. But but each member of my band is so exquisite in their own right. Um, we have... Um, we have a keyboardist, Javi Santiago, and um, our guitarist, Sandra Neller, our drummer, Wes Reed, and our bassist, uh, Russell Flynn. And mm. uh, the, the unit that they form um, with me is just so inspiring. Mm. They, we, we recorded the whole record live um, in three, da- three days in New Jersey. And that was a really special thing for me and an important thing for this record was to capture that, that live energy of the quintet playing together. Uh, and it's, it's a bit challenging to do if, if you don't have relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. And we had only known each other for about five months or so before we cut the album. We did maybe five or six rehearsals. And still, like, the energy in this record is pretty charged. Wow, and, it is. Yeah, you would yeah. not be able to tell that that's that short amount of time yeah. that you've been together. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And we've, we stuck, you know? Um, so that's, that, that just proves that, that special, that special, um, unity we have. 
So most of the music and the songs, they were written by you? Yes, I wrote all of them. And so when you brought this core of individuals together and you had said earlier that you had, there was a lot of people that came in and out and worked and didn't work. And <laughs> oh, yeah. um, any of them also have a yogic background? Um, you know, they actually, there's a lot of spirituality milling around. I, I'm not sure if it would be yogic per se, um, but in, in the band now, our drummer absolutely has a has a pretty pretty uh, steady spiritual practice, and um, one of my longtime collaborators and close friends, um, Dylan Martinson, was a co arranger on on many of the of the tracks, and um, he is a uh, he's a martial arts master, baby. So it's nice <laughs> to have that energy. Him and I are a dynamic duo, and. Um, he really understands that I'm trying to cut to the core of, of certain, certain uncomfortable personal feelings mm -hmm. and emotions in this band. And mm -hmm. that it's just something we need to talk about sometimes. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, everything's from the heart. Yes. Very much from the heart. Mm. Um, so, so tell us how you came up with the name. The name of the band is Avidya and the Kleshas. And um, many of many of your listeners will know that the kleshas are um, in yoga philosophy the five hindrances to enlightenment, the five reasons why we can't be peaceful, happy, enlightened beings all the time. And um, those five those five afflictions are pretty universal. It seems that um, most humans tend to um, have these things, and and the first of the, the five kleshas is avidya which is uh, ignorance or misknowing, misunderstanding. And uh, it's, it's the root of which uh, the other four afflictions stem from. It's the mother klesha. Mm. Uh, and I had been practicing yoga about um, three or four years uh, and I'm pretty steadily um, a daily practice. And I was growing really frustrated with uh, stepping into a yoga class with maybe a, a I don't know, a young teacher and I, they would, it would be kind of drilled into us. Like, just, just let go. Just be peaceful. <laughs> just take a breath and, and let it all go. And, um, at first I felt like I, yeah, I can do that. I can definitely just <sighs> let go. But, um, sure enough, I, I couldn't let go sometimes and I couldn't just be peaceful. And, um, I really wanted to inquire as to why that was, why, why I, I couldn't just let go. And um, the clashes kind of are that, that comfort to me, that label. And I feel like if we can talk about the clashes, if we can talk about our own ignorance, our ego, our um, attachments or afflictions or our fears um, in a very frank and honest way with ourselves to really catch ourselves in the moment, as, as we're doing these things that everyone does, we can say, oh, okay, that's happening and put that label there and acknowledge it, understand it, and then rise up from it and then let it go when we can, we can understand what's actually happening in ourselves. Mm. Wow. That's uh, quite a journey for yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I said before, there's this, there was always this conflict between like, like the dark darkness um, of, of the artist in me, which I think is a stigma for many artists. And then <laughs> the lightness of, of being a yogi and obtaining that feeling. And I feel like speaking about the kleshas through my art, through this musical project is a really wonderful way for, for me to um, challenge myself personally and, and fuse those two sides together. That's wonderful. Now, can you can you name the five cliches? You know, I can't pronounce them, but I can speak them in English, not in Sanskrit. That's, I'm sure yeah. that's perfect for our audience. Yeah. <laughs> so the five cliches. The first one is our misknowing or our ignorance, and from there, the second klesha is egoism. The third is our attachment to pleasure. The fourth is our aversion to pain. And the fifth is our fear of loss or death. And much loss, you know, um, I think is um, welled up as, as a distant fear of death, the death of ourselves or parts of ourselves or our identity. Mm. Very powerful. That is a whole life's journey there. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, and yeah. A, many, a multiple life journey, I think. Well, it's, it's so interesting because you, the name of your album, uh, your CD, which I'm actually going to hold up here right now, is called um, Tree of Series. Tree of Series. Yes. So, and the first thing I had asked uh, was, are you going to have uh, the follow-up uh, albums to this one because of that one, because of the name that you've named it? Ooh, do you have any suggestions for, <laughs> for sequential names? We could do like the Blossoming Leaves or um, we could do a CD about the roots. We could, I could do like a whole a whole slew of records that just like grew off of that name. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I would focus you on to one of our uh, faculty, one of our late faculty actually, who wrote a series of books about, you know, the tree of life and, and how each one of us is some part of that tree. You know? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you the, tr the trunk? Are you the leaves? Are you the branches? Which part are you? You know, the tree of series started as a pretty meta metaphorical thing in a, in a band I was in um, many years ago. Mm. Um, and the, the way I, I interpret tree of series is um, like the natural order of things. This would be like the phrase that um, my my dear friend Dylan, who I mentioned, the phrase Dylan and I would use when um, something would happen in life that we just like were so awed by or, or confused by or blown away by. I'd go, well, it's it's the tree of series. It's the natural order of things. And it's kind of saying like, you know, everything everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. and sometimes things happen. Don't question it. Flow with it. Let go. Just breathe. Just be peaceful with it. Um, because more often than not, all those really uncomfortable moments have have really a nice lesson in them. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so we would call those moments that we couldn't quite understand yet the tree of series. Mm. Uh, that would be like the more esoteric uh, explanation mm. for, for that album name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It works. 
Yeah. It works for our audience anyways. <laughs> They're into the esoteric world. Oh, good. I, I was figured, I figured you guys were. Yes. Yes. Some call it the woo-woo. <laughs> we call it the esoteric <laughs> woo-woo, you know? <laughs> so, so really the, the, I mean, would you say that the focus of this album is, is really yourself working i mean it's so much from your heart that it, it's working towards your unfolding of your journey absolutely um the unfolding of my journey you know i there's a there's a track on the record it's called it's track 2 it's called this i know nothing and that's really um where i feel like i'm at right now and that also is a is a good summary of what this record means you know this i know nothing it's like oh yeah i know what that is and then I totally get schooled a little bit <laughs> down the road in my life. And it's like, no, I have no idea what that meant. I don't know anything anymore. Uh, but it's it's more of like a, a homage to just like mm, staying open and um, understanding that that's really hard to do yes. and understanding it's not going to happen all the time. I'm not going to be open all the time. I'm, but why not? Like, what are what are those roadblocks that prevent me or prevent anyone from um, just letting go. Right. Right. Well, you know, the universe has its way of humbling us very quickly. Yes, it does. And kind of go, putting us uh, sort of back on track again. And until we move forward a few more steps and then back on track, you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, Stephanie, I'd like to take a moment and share a little bit of your music with our audience. Please. What do you say to that? My pleasure. And I, uh, will, share with you a cut of uh, a song called Mother and God. just to give everyone a little taste. <laughs> it's a good taste. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I mean, it's really, it's uh, when one can listen to this over and over again. I cannot believe that you've only been together for six months. We, we were when we, when we cut the album. We've been together now, uh, I'd, say, I'd say about a year and a half. Wow, that's Two wonderful. Years. Yeah. Wonderful. And you're performing live? Yeah, we're we're based in Brooklyn, and um, we're performing locally, and we're setting up a tour for the fall, and um, you How can find fun. us online. Yeah. Oh, that is so fantastic! And so, so you also mentioned our pre like when we we're setting everything up, that you're you're also performing at the yoga studios as well now. I am. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of performing at uh, the Jiva Mukti Yoga School quite regularly. That's It's been my personal home for my own practice. Mm. And they've been very supportive over there. Um, there's some great live music classes. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. New and York's I, good about that. 
New York's and, really good about having the live music, the live drumming. The, it's just something about that uh, East Coast, you know? There is like a yoga studio for every Starbucks in this city. So <laughs> we're well equipped with with live music in our yoga classes. That's great. And when you <laughs> when you do that, are, do you perform alone or does someone I've been performing come solo, yeah. Uh, it'll be a mix of these original tunes, a mix of some folk songs, some jazz tunes, and um, some some mantras. Wow. Very cool. And on that note, we're going to play the next one for everyone so they can hear a little bit of that. When I finally stopped denying I'm empty When the hard loss of love defeats dreams of peace And I finally see all my needs are so deceased And I quit whining and wanting and realize I'm alive But now I know the path is not a straight line And the path, the sweet path, takes its sweet time I gotta wake up out the dream Everything is rooted in the thing There you go, everyone. Gotta run out and get the CD. <laughs> or if you're lucky to be in New York, you have to just go catch them live. I would do that if I were over there. <laughs> so, Stephanie, I mean, you you have uh, this wonderful album, and we also hear that you are creating a little movement here with Free Spirits Music. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Free Spirits Music is my passion project here in Brooklyn. And as I mentioned, growing up, I uh, I always felt a little empty because I didn't really have a mentor um, to drive my creative process. Someone that would tell me that it's okay to make mistakes and um, to show me with example how to be confident or um, just how to evolve musically, but like also... Uh, as a person, it, I mean, when you're being creative, the two go hand in hand so fluidly. So Free Spirits Music is um, a collective I started for adults and kids. And right now, our um, featured program is a 12-week after-school program for uh, beginner musicians, usually around the 6 to, to 10 age range. Six and, to ten? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. You would be blown away by the uh incredible tunes that these young children are writing. And so in the program, they're learning guitar, they're learning how to sing, but they're also learning the art of storytelling and how to write original music, how to write original songs, pop songs, folk songs, rock songs, whatever. And at the end of the the 12 weeks, usually they have about um I don't know, like, like three to five tunes mm. and they perform them and it's oh, like a real rock gosh. show. And so they get that whole experience of like going through the, their own creative process. And my mission with it is to have these kids like understand where their roadblocks are 
where they go, oh, I don't, I can't do that. Um, I don't want to do that. And like kind of peel back those layers at that young age to um, expose like maybe why they're a little scared of, of challenging themselves and understanding that just because something's hard, it doesn't mean don't do it. It just means do it until it's not hard and uh, be that emotional support and guide so that the layers don't get too clogged up as they grow older. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I think that's really brilliant, but I can't believe that you're starting from age six. You know, it's 10. That is really amazing. It's really a fascinating age to work with because this, the self-consciousness hasn't fully quite developed the, the affirmations and agreements that say, no, I'm not good at this. No, I can't sing this. I can't play this. I'm not good enough for that. Those things aren't really there yet. Mm -hmm. um, they're just starting to develop at that age. Right. So it's a lot easier to be open-minded and flow into the songwriting process. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. As opposed to when I work with adults, there is usually um, a good three to five weeks of conditioning adults to mm -hmm. like allow them to um, have the safe space to, to share their ideas and not feel... Um, ridiculed or be in fear of ridicule. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. really like just fascinating to me as an educator now, like how scared we are in general to, to be creative and to step outside the box. And there's so much fear with the adults I work with of, of um, being told their ideas aren't good. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It's amazing what happens from young, the young children who are so open to sort of stepping up to the plate and really what I see in the schools and everything is it's, it's not their inhibitions that, that they carry. It's actually from the adults sure. around them. Sure. So you, what you're doing is removing all that, giving the kids the safe space to run like you are with the adults. But as adults, I think we just have layers upon layers. <laughs> uh, it's and quite years. devastating. It yeah. is, isn't it? When you think of it, yeah. it, where we've put ourselves as we get older and, and yes, it, it's creating again, that's why I, I think the title where I've said, you know, it's, you're creating a new balance is, um, you know, allowing people the, to acknowledge that they have the choice of a certain freedom, their own and choice. Yeah. And that's, the, that's like the kind of adults I, I like to work with is the one that always wanted to be a musician who always wanted to be on stage, but always said, no, that's not for me. But there was always that little voice that said, no, that would actually be pretty damn cool if I, if I could do that. And, um, sure enough, I, it's even gone so far that I've created a recording track mm. with my students because, um, they, they're now accumulating this wealth of songs, the adults at the very least. And so now we're going to record them in my home studio and I'm going to kind of walk them through the process of recording and I, I suppose be their producer of sorts. Mm -hmm. And hopefully once they have their tunes recorded, we can, I can then help them get some gigs around the city and then walk wow. them through the performance, performance aspect. Yeah. So like, it's very integrative and very real and, um, it's not like we're like just sitting together and like singing songs, just me and them. And then we, you know, go away. I really want to be um, doing it in, in the most re real way mm -hmm, possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you've, you've been through all of it. You've 
sort of taken your journey and your struggles through all of it. So it's so nice to to have, I mean, you're empathizing. I mean, you're, you're helping the next person. You're giving them the stepping stones. Yeah. I found it really hard to get to this place and, you know, it's going to be hard to keep going. You know, it's very isolating, especially here in Manhattan. There are a lot of musicians and a lot of people want to, um, I don't know. Some people will just say things to, um, to seem a little taller than you. Things don't feel good. Uh, it's not always a supportive space. A lot of the times it is, but sometimes it's not. And you really need to have a support system around you that feels safe, that you can share your ideas with, and that will lift you up as you do, as you, you need that in any community. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, you're, you're gifting, you're gifting your students right now, that gift. Yeah, and it's actually a really nice um, recognition of the uh, the power of affirmations mm-hmm. because there I come across a lot of kids that mm, they're not they're not very good just yet they're just starting or they really have no concept of rhythm or time and um, I'll just tell them that they're really great and a couple months down the line they they really start getting it and I can really tell it they're like I'm good at this. They're not really, but I tell them they are, and I keep telling them they are, and I keep telling them they are, and then they get it one day, and it just clicks, and that's like the coolest moment. But if I, I really feel like if I didn't add that extra emphasis and that extra nourishment, that they'd probably just throw the drumsticks down or throw the guitar down and be like, "All right, I'm out. This isn't for me." Well, that's exactly what they would do. I mean, yeah, because that's how our society is um cultivated to think mm-hmm. you know it, it's like well if you're not good at it leave it no matter right. how much you want to do it inside if you're not good at it just achievement it. needs to be like gotten to very quickly you know like um right. there's no room for progress sometimes especially in this very like structured bureaucratic public school system oh yes <laughs> yeah there's no there's no room for um making mistakes or for just like sitting with the instrument for a long time until you get it. Yes. Yes. And yet they might have the passion there, but I I also say it's a lot to do with the families that they come from as well, because, you know, if the parents are encouraging and they understand it as opposed to go, well, you're not very good at that. Even after four weeks, you better stop. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that. that. It's just so absurd. (laughs) It is. It's like, okay, let's give you that instrument for four weeks yeah. and see how well you do, okay? Give the parents a big hug instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, well, it's wonderful to know that the, you know, there are parents out there that are allowing their children to pursue this. I think that's really wonderful and sending them to your after-school program. It's very special. Yes, yeah. yes. Now, uh, have you been doing it very long? No, we're in our third season. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, we've been going for just about a year, and um, we were blossoming into two times a week. We were just doing it once a week. It was very small, but slowly but surely, we're growing. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic! And are you doing it at the schools themselves, or or do you have a facility that people no, go to? I actually do it in a professional rehearsal space hmm. here in Brooklyn. So it's a, like a really wonderful state of the art studio. Uh, lots of national touring acts come through and rent the space out and they have lots of different rooms. So we rent the small room and we can hear musicians through the walls um, doing wow. their thing. How yeah. inspiring. 
really inspiring for them. And they, they press their ears against the wall and they listen and they peek out the doors. And I think being in that kind of professional atmosphere is really critical because then they're just like learning by observing, you yes. know? Yes, absolutely. Well, for the kids. Mm-hmm. I, I the adults don't press their ears against the wall. No, they don't. Not <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still trying to break out of their own walls at that point <laughs> oh my that's wonderful that's really wonderful so so this is that is really your your passion that is driving you right now absolutely yes and what other goals, wonderful goals do you have? Are you, are you, have you started writing for a new album yet? Or, or what, how, where do you see yourself in the next few years? Oh, that's such a um, crazy question. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to, I'd like to put out another record in the next year or so. I started mm-hmm. writing it. It's very challenging, man. You know, I teach these kids and, um, I hear myself speaking about the creative process every day over and over again. And still you sit, oh, I sit and I stare at that blank piece of paper and I'm like, God damn it. What is supposed to go on this page? And it's really hard to be creative. Mm. So I'm like, I am running up against that wall constantly and trying to kick it down. Um, And after a couple of months of pushing my way through, it seems like I finally have breaking that wall down, broken that wall down. Yeah. And I'd like to have a record out, um, by, I'd like to say by January, uh, but knowing me, that probably means, uh, this time next year. (laughs) (laughs) So keep focused on January. It's good. Yeah, exactly. It's good good to set shorter goals, uh, and, and work towards, work towards that. It's good to set any goal, actually, any goal for any project is important. But it's, it's, isn't it like, uh, with your yoga, with a yoga practice or any practice, it's like, uh, when they say, you know, you're working through the blocks, uh, for writers, uh, it's like the writer's block and people who are doing yoga, it's like, oh, I can't not get this asana. I cannot get this one pose. And then suddenly, like you said, with the kids, it, one day it just kind just of goes fly up. Yeah. And everything comes into alignment, right? Yep. Um, man, that's such a, um, it's such a perfect example of, of the process. And that's why fusing the, the yoga and my music together is so important. And I, I really believe that like practicing yoga every day has taught me how to be a better artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yoga is an art form. Anyone who has practiced for a long time can, can feel that. Um, but it's taught me the most important thing to do is to just show up. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the number one rule with any art form, show up and stop judging what happens after you arrive. Uh, just showing up to the class, um, is an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Being Mm -hmm. present in the class is an accomplishment. It doesn't matter if you've done every pose perfectly or accurately. And it doesn't matter if I write the perfect song when I've shown up to um, my guitar or to my notebook, what matters is that I'm flowing through that process. Mm-hmm. I think that um, creating art is just as much of a, I don't know, vinyasa as anything. <laughs> to put it that way. It is part of life. The sequence. The sequence. Well, but do you practice other forms of uh, the other forms of yoga, like the breath work? 
I do I do quite a bit of pranayama work, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been really really awesome for uh, improvising. Actually, mm. there's um, just sitting in in pranayama is um, very much like that transcendental experience of, of um, spontaneous improvisation mm. with, with, with instruments. I really feel connection to it. Whereas mm. I, I don't actually care which one I do anymore. <laughs> Whether I go to a jam or I, I sit and I, I, you know, do some alternate nostril breathing. They both like, they both bring me I, to the same place. I arrive at, at present, the present moment. And it's such a such a um, mind blowing connection for me. It's to have the two come together in that way. Well, they do say that the pranayama is the main basis of yoga. Absolutely, but the asanas came later. <laughs> I say, I say, I've, I um, I practiced yoga for four years to learn how to breathe. That's that's what my practice has taught me also, you know, in the beginning of your practice, you're so caught up in learning the forms, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of room for breath in the beginning of one's yoga practice. But once I, once I learned the forms, then I could be, then I could start taking breaths and then, man, that's when it all, that's when it all comes together. Yeah, absolutely. You guys all know that at home. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the people here. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people who are just starting, and and uh, it's um, it's great for them to hear and be inspired about, you know, how it helps you as a musician, as a teacher, and how it uh, takes you to that next level as well. I know. It's kind of like learning guitar, though. I mean, when you learn guitar, anyone who's ever played guitar will know this: your fingers really hurt. Um, sometimes they bleed. Um, the this, this notes don't play right um, unless you're pressing down hard, but then your fingers bleed and there's a lot of technique involved. And so many students don't make it over that initial hump because it's so physically challenging. Mm. Then once you get there, then you start playing full chords and then you start playing scales and then you start playing along to your favorite songs. And then then the energy starts shifting in you and then you really feel it. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like this is what it's about. That's what like breath work is. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I have this question of, as you've been speaking about that, when you get sort of like your writer's block for your music, where you, you kind of need to shake it up. Do you find that doing pranayam or the yoga, do you find that you, you that helps you unblock or do you find that that gets blocked also like there's a little mixture of both um if i practice and i'm feeling writer's block sometimes i really will like just let it all go Mm -hmm. and i won't even like return to my craft because i um feel it at ease and sometimes sometimes the art what's the right way to say this when the art will like fill a void that yoga can also fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, the urgency to create art sometimes diminishes with my strong practice when my practice is strong. Um, but on the other hand, 
um, you know, the practice can erase all that chitta vritti and that racing of the mind and all the self-doubt and um, judgment and let it all flow mm -hmm. after class. So it's really dualistic for me. <laughs> yes, yeah, bizarre. It is. It is. It's. It, it's. Uh, I, I know for some artists, um, whether it be in music or other art forms, they have found that there's almost like a parallel between the two mm -hmm. in their lives. You know, it's like if if they're stuck on one side, it's almost like like the yoga or the breath work. They feel like they're stuck as well. It's like they're they're still attempting to break through. That's why I needed to ask that question of you. Yeah, that's so not the deal for me. I can really throw myself into my practice and still be really stuck artistically. Mm. Yeah, there that parallel does not always seem to to be there for me. There's a time and a place, huh? No kidding. Yes. So, do you foresee that your next album um is uh similar to this where you are going to continue with this um, poetry and and towards enlightenment. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say too much because who knows where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. But I, I can envision um, maybe a very specific concept record, like um, maybe like a five song record addressing each klesha, mm. uh, or maybe addressing the kleshas with um, very political. Uh, aspect or maybe a um, global aspect instead of such a intimate personal aspect as as this record tends to reflect mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of reflects the individual struggles uh, on the whole yeah but this this is definitely um, a musical mission that I'd like to keep exploring for as long as I can well, we definitely look forward to it. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, Stephanie, is there anything that you would like to add for our audience today? No, we've talked about so many wonderful things. I am so thrilled to have been able to be here and and share my thoughts with you. And I'm very humbled um, that you've you've been listening. Thank you. Oh, definitely. And, and thank you very much for t making the time and gifting us with this wonderful album. And uh, we wish you and your band, you know, of course, many, many blessings that you will rise in every way and touch many, many lives out there. We can, uh, that's what we will put out there in the universe and all I can say is, hold on, girl. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a ride. It is a ride. And of course, we'd like to thank Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this possible. And we'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. We're always grateful for any feedback or suggestions that you might have. Give us a call, 818-LET'S-TALK, 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, namaste. 
What's great? Who designed your album cover? Uh, it was painted by a good friend of mine, Gregory <laughs> Rourke. Um, and I did, I actually did all the graphic design for the album. Great. Wow. Yeah. A woman of yeah. many talents. You got to be in this industry. You know that. Look. Yeah, they, they even say it's it's one of the hardest industries. And even in some respects now, it's sort of, you know, with the iTunes and everything and the way music is moving, um, in some respects it's easier, but it's still... Oh, yeah. It's, it's really tough. a double-edged sword. Um, there are no more gatekeepers, so everyone's allowed to make music. Right. But now there are no, uh, there's no revenue stream coming in in the the That's way right. the old paradigm is built, which is based on making records. Right. So the really the only way to make money is through merchandise and through live ticket sales and maybe through song placements on television shows or whatnot. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I just cannot imagine because. Um, Though I'm not from the music industry, you know, I understand the royalties from the acting industry. We have what our royalties, which is residuals. And that is all beginning to dissipate, too. And it's like, how do people bloody well make a living? And They don't. They, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and every young person that comes into, oh, this is what I want to do. I go, okay, but before you do, and while you're doing that, get a straight job. Make yeah. sure you have a degree or you, you're good at something while you are creating the other. Yeah. Because do not, I mean, I always say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You got to have, find someone else that you, something else that you really love to do so you can support yourself because you get so frustrated that the art begins to crumble. I, I feel that too. <laughs> this would have been a great thing to talk about. I feel that so so much. And I, I know so many people do. And, but it's like, you know, once you put money into the mix, the art changes, the art shifts its face. And, um, it's like, you know, it's a, you have to be really wise to make that conscious decision <laughs> of either separating them or bringing them together. And when you're young, you just don't have that, um, wisdom <laughs> to like understand that struggle. And I, I really feel it. And I, I don't regret any decisions I make, but it takes a steady amount of consciousness and awareness to be like, okay, I know I'm just frustrated about money. I'm not frustrated about my art. Yes. And making that distinct separation. Yes. Yes. It, it's, it's, man, I, I, even my friends who are like older, more mature, you know, 50s, 60s, it's still hard for them. It's still hard for them to separate the two. Yeah. And I watch this and I kind of go, oh man, you know? <laughs> well, it's like a lot of conflict, right? It's like a lot of first chakra stuff and survival and money and um, taking care of yourself. But then there's like that that upper chakra stuff of like creativity and ingenuity and inspiration. And like, it's a battle. It's yeah. a battle. And you've really got to be clear to kind of work your way through it. Yeah. Keep up the yoga, stay grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah it's healthy, but just stay grounded and, and the rest exactly. will come. And, and it's like clockwork. If I don't practice within a week and a half, I get all this anxiety about money and like my life choices. But the minute the practice comes back, it, I, it's all gone. Yeah. It's, that's kind of scary. Actually. It's, it's pretty scary. You <laughs> but know, that it, has so much power. It does. It, well, because you own it. Mm -hmm. you own it. I mean, you're the only one who can bring yourself to practice, whether it be at home or in a studio, but you're, you're totally in charge. You're totally in charge of, I mean, full empowerment of your breath, of your movement, of your flexibility, everything. 
you know, in every asana that you go into, no one can adjust it but you. you know, and you that's can, how the authentic artist comes out, in my opinion, is because go. you can learn that control and that discipline and that um, compassion for yourself through the practice and yes. then bring that to your medium. Yes. Whereas that might not be taught in whatever shape that your medium was taught to you. Yeah, but absolutely. Just, yeah, you get it. Yeah, but, but you know, the, it takes a good uh, mentors like, instructors that kind of guide you into the, not make it a uh you know a power ego <laughs> oh, yeah. you've seen that oh, i'm yeah. sure you've seen I, that oh man yeah i just have very few teachers i can practice with now because it's so critical so. it is and 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 then you get to a point with that one teacher or something like that where you've reached your limit yeah and you move to the next teacher and yeah it's it's amazing life is amazing it's very exciting YHTV's Trinity of Life. Come join me, Christina Suzama, as I journey to find the many modalities that support individuals, from children to adults to elders, with topics ranging from health and wellness, meditation, and inspirational stories. I invite you to visit yogahub.tv every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Sustainable movement, you know, and we started with a farm in Jamaica where we employ people in the community and try to create more jobs and opportunity. And from the farm, we realized that now that we have a coffee farm, it was like it's a coffee farm, that we need to do more than just from my pocket to the farmer's pocket. We need to create it to create something sustainable from, from that farm, the farming mythology where we can do more for the farmers. And we had to and we created a product of Molly Coffee. And then from there, we realized that we have, not only do we have coffee, we have fruits and we have all, all different types of vegetation. So we went into...